Welcome to Sisu Stories, where courage meets persistence, grace, and aloha. I'm your host, Dr. Danny. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so grateful to be here with you. Before we get into Sisu Stories, I'll tell you that I'm a professor, I'm a school psychologist, I own my own business, I'm a ballet teacher. I do all of these things. Yes, it's true. Um, But more importantly, I'm a person who's had all kinds of experiences in the last several years that have given me great pause and made me ask a lot of questions. And that's why I'm here to discuss those questions with you and um, to share our stories together and to help to normalize our experiences and just understand that we are not at all alone in anything that we are going through. So I am here for you in all of my many facets. You might wonder, what is Sisu? In my work as a practitioner, I focus on positive psychology and the finished concept of Sisu. Sisu is strength of will, determination, and thinking and acting with rationality. It provides the energy to learn from what you might consider to be a previous failure and move forward with courage, resilience, and a whole lot of guts. Um, It's about facing life's challenges, fostering a general sense of well-being, communicating constructively, and living with integrity and even welcoming discomfort. Um, you know, it's that, it's that second wind that we need when we're facing something that's really tough, that's really challenging in our lives. And I know that we've all been there. I have certainly been there. And um, in working with all of my students, it's abundantly clear that they've all been there too. So Sisu Stories is a place for us to not only learn about Sisu, but to understand and learn about ourselves and our own experiences with Sisu and how we can foster and cultivate that action of Sisu. One of the reasons that I decided to you know, talk about our Sisu stories is because we have a tendency to focus on everything that's wrong. You know, we focus on everything that we don't like about ourselves. We focus on all of the things that we can't do, all of the things that we wish were somehow better. Um, And we take very little time to focus on our accomplishments, to focus on what is strong about us, what is wonderful, what is beautiful, what is worth celebrating. When I ask people, my students, whether it's in higher education or in the K-12 setting, to tell me something positive about themselves, the look I get back is one of horror. <laughs> I mean, most people either are shocked that you're asking, well, what are you good at? Or they're almost embarrassed to identify a strength because they don't want to be seen as an egomaniac or somehow uh, selfish in a very unkind and unattractive way. Um, However, identifying our strengths is one of the best possible things that we can do. Because when we focus on the things that are good and the things that we're proud of, then we cultivate more and more of that. Like I mentioned before, uh, Sisu is about taking action and inspiring each other and providing that space to show up for yourself, to show up for one another and to genuinely feel inspired. 
So recently, speaking about inspiration, I was blessed with a phone conversation with a Finnish researcher, Dr. Lati, who dedicates her life to Sisu and who is such an inspiring force of love. She encouraged me to tell my story and to create awareness of Sisu and in doing so, create an environment of courage for others. My story is probably not unlike a lot of your stories. A lot of us go through our lives every single day and we just think of what we're experiencing as facets of life. Like this is just part of it and I'm just going to move on and whatever, I've just got to deal with it. Um, and maybe to some extent, you know, that's, that's true. However, what we don't often do is recognize the enormity of, of what we're doing and also the power that we have cultivated within ourselves to, to push through something and to get through something that is really enormously challenging. Um, a, a long time ago, <laughs> many, many years ago, I started, um, you know, like a lot of girls in high school, maybe, I don't know, maybe just a few. My only goal in life was to be a classical ballerina. That was my, that was my dream. That's what I wanted. And it, not only was it just my dream inside my mind, but it was something that I worked to cultivate every single day. And, you know, long story short, things happened, life happened. And I ended up, um, <laughs> I ended up being a psychologist instead. But somewhere in that process of, you know, ending the ballet career earlier in my 20s and then, you know, finding myself down the road 20 years later, I realized something was missing. I said, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I need my art. I have, to, I have to go back. And so I started dancing again. I started training again. I was going into the city, into New York, to take classes on a daily basis. I had some wonderful coaches. It was just the most incredible experience of my life. You know, here I was a psychologist and a professor and also re you know, emerging as a performing artist. And I was just like beyond, <laughs> beyond excited. And, um, when I was teaching, it was March of 2020. I remember standing in front of my students at NYU and wishing them a great spring break, albeit an extended one. Um, but I hoped, of course, to see them back at the end of that semester and go to their graduation ceremony and all of the usual things. And we all know what happened, of course, in March of 2020. And while I was teaching online for NYU and my students were spread out all over the world and, you know, sharing their stories with me, you know, we we're supposed to be doing some kind of applied psychology research course. And instead we were having more group sessions about the experiences that we were having at the time, in addition to research methods or whatever it was. Um, I heard so many stories and so many stories that just were not only inspirational, but brought me to tears on a regular basis. And my students from March of 2020, you know who you are. I love you dearly. I hope you're all doing well. And I think of you so often. Um, so during that time, I went into the phase that every dancer, I think, went into, which was train at home. And we had all these amazing Zoom lessons and rehearsals and all of these things. And I... Um, 
you know, just went about life and I pushed through just like the rest of us. And, um, but in the middle of all of that, um, I got COVID and, and at first it just manifested as what felt like a cold, you know, it was a really obnoxious cold, but it was something I felt like, you know what, like anything else, just shake it off, right. Push through. And, and I did that. I kept teaching. And then about, I don't know, four months later, I, I couldn't move. I couldn't walk upstairs. I couldn't put any weight on my left side. I started losing everything that I was working so hard for. And I had been training and training and training. Then all of a sudden, I just couldn't. My body just stopped working the way that it might ordinarily work. Um, And then I I gradually just lost more and more every single day. And it wasn't just your traditional, you know, deconditioning. I'd been through that process already. I already knew what that felt like. This was very, very different. Um, So part of that story involved you know, figuring out how to go upstairs without using my legs. That was fun. Um, Another part of it was understanding that I was in a space in my career that I just never saw coming. Um, I knew at that point that returning to, you know, performance art as a professional at 40, whatever, was not going to happen, especially given what was going on with my body. And um, so at that moment for about a year or so, it was quite an existential crisis <laughs> um, because I, I, I need it, but I needed to find myself. And what was interesting is at the time as I said, well, this is exactly what it is. And I was so grateful to be alive. I was so grateful to be here. And I, I frankly, I didn't even care almost that I couldn't walk or that I couldn't do the things that I would ordinarily do because I was just so happy that I was okay. And, and that I was able to figure out how to ambulate and do things in other ways. You know, I could be creative. And um, so I started working back in the public schools during the pandemic. I became a psychologist again, you know, more full time. And um, I saw over and over again that everybody was so hard on themselves and just, you know, they're weaving these narratives that were just laced with negativity and it would just bring me to tears because I'd see so much strength in all of my students. And I think, Oh my gosh, how can I, how can I help them? How can I help them see what I see? And I I can't tell you how many times I've said to my grad students, to my students in the K to 12 environment, I wish you could see what I see in you because it's special and inspiring and amazing. And, um, you know, sometimes that would be met with (laughs) some serious disbelief, um, especially depending on the age of the student. But um, one of my biggest goals has always been to help people focus on what's right instead of what's wrong and on what's courageous instead of what's fearful. Um, Because, we have, we're immersed in what's wrong most of the time. And it's just so, so, so important that we recognize our power and that we recognize the power in other people. And we develop a community where all of that can be cultivated. Um, You know, a lot of Sisu is about observing, about noticing 
what's going on, noticing what's going on in your life and someone else's life. And it's also, you know, it's about believing. It's about believing in something. It's about believing in yourself. It's about believing in that next step. It's about having the intense, you know, inner knowledge that it's going to be okay, right? And then taking action, you know, we have to take action when when we're in these spaces. And I think when I reflect back and I, I look at my own experience, I thought, yeah, I, t- I did. I took a lot of action um, in, in that space of figuring out, well, you know, how do I navigate this? How do I get through it? Um, another piece too, is that releasing, right? Kind of releasing the control and releasing the, the thought about what should be, you know, I spent a lot of time in the beginning thinking like, this shouldn't happen. This shouldn't happen. This shouldn't be this way. It just shouldn't be this way. But when I released my need to control whatever was going on, then I was able to move forward. I was able to move into a space that felt exactly what I needed. And, you know, a big piece of this too, um, is loving, you know, loving, loving ourselves, loving one another, having that self-compassion. You know, we, we can be so incredibly hard on ourselves. Um, and you know, someone who is just a, a model of, compassion for me is a a friend of mine in Hawaii. She's lovely. I'll mention her by name if she lets me, (laughs) but anyhow, um, she is just the uh, ultimate in not only compassion, but also self-compassion. And another piece of this is the replenishing, right? So giving ourselves the permission to, you know, re-energize, to restore, to, you know, take that downtime when we need it to not always be pushing, 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 pushing. Because, you know, eventually, if we're pushing all the time, something's going to break eventually, right? I mean, that's the, that's, that's unfortunate, but it's true. Um, And that's, you know, again, another, another huge piece of Sisu is understanding that and allowing the opportunity to replenish, Right? We have to fill, we have to refill our cup, if you will. And um, this is not a weakness. You know, when I was training as a ballerina um, back in the 80s, um, you know, rest was for the week. Um, it was not something that you would do. And um, I remember I had this poster hanging up in my bedroom when I was like an early teen, and it said something along the lines of, you know, you can kind of get off your, you know what, because somewhere someone is practicing and they're going to be better than you. Um, so, so that was interesting and oddly motivational for me at the time. Um, but it certainly didn't provide the space for, um, replenishing. And that's so important. I want to be clear that in the process of my story and in the process of my, my growth and all of the things that happened, that happened to me, that happened with me, however you want to look at it. Um, I had plenty of days where I was just full of rage, where I had tears, where I just couldn't understand why what was happening was happening. 
I don't want you to get the impression that I had this thing happen where I was completely immobilized. I lost my, you know, what I thought was going to be my career and that I was just perfectly okay with it. (laughs) That's not true. Not even close to true. I mean, I was really angry. I was super angry. And I knew that I had to move forward and that I was going to do something better and that whatever it was I was planning before just wasn't the right thing for me. And I was going to do something that was really, really cool. And, um, I still believe that by the way, (laughs) that not only am I going to do something really, really cool, but that all of you are also going to do something amazing out of all of this chaos and all of this turmoil that we've all experienced. What I really want you to do in the next week, uh, between now and the next uh, podcast, is every single day, I want you to think about at least three things about yourself that are positive and that you consider strengths. I guarantee you that's going to help you to start seeing yourself in a much better light and that all of a sudden your life is going to be a lot more manageable and a lot more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Until next time, thank you so much for joining me on Sisu Stories. 